What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who is out here selling rookie hype, a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and the man letting the Twitter bots decide his third-round startup pick <laughs> in a draft I'm in with him. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how we doing tonight? Doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm stoked that you guys have a startup. Uh, I'm living vicariously through it because <laughs> I refuse to do another startup, um, mostly for my social life uh, and and on behalf of my wife, making sure I'm not in too many of those. So I'm at the perfect point right now. I'm gonna keep it at that. But I always love hearing about the buzz of a startup because there is nothing better. It's 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 the creme de la creme. It's, it's the most fun part of being able to be in the dynasty totally. uh, kind of arena is the draft itself. So I'm I'm excited that you guys are having fun there. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a blast. I definitely uh, I know that this is probably I'm going to say that this is the last startup I'm going to be in the night. No, next year I'm going to be joining another one or two, but it's been a good time. It's a great way to meet new people. Be, oh, baby. Uh, Max is already wheeling and dealing in the league we're in. So definitely it's exciting times. And like like uh, you were saying, Max, definitely it's been some sell highs and some rookies recently, recently between a few of us and getting, getting it going in the group chat. But it's been it's been a good time. I mean, I think these days Elon Musk has a Twitter bot problem, but I think Mike may have a bigger Twitter bot problem. If they're uh, deciding, here to... <laughs> I might, I might need to uh, stick to. I definitely stick to my own guns a little bit more. I think the Twitter bots probably contribute five percent to the to the end decision making. So <laughs> we'll keep it. So at you that. don't even trust them in the first place. Nope. You just want confirmation bias, Mike. Yeah, you that's just right. Want... <laughs> I want everyone to know that I was able to take Trey Lance in the third round of a startup. <laughs> Humble Ooh, brag. Yeah. You it's, know me. It is. It's very nice. Nice. That's very nice. Feel, feels like phenomenal value these days. Shout yeah. out to uh, Mike's friends, by the way. Good group of people uh, making me feel right at home, already getting the deals done. <laughs> so it seems seems like that'll be a fun draft and definitely a fun league. Um, so in the weeks leading up, we're right in the thick of the preseason and we're going to have a spicy, bold prediction show coming up. So figured we would keep it a little short tonight, uh, especially coming off that marathon show we did with the legend Britt Sanders last week. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go do that. Wanted to just get into, as usual, guys, I'm scrolling through Keep Trade Cut. I'm seeing stuff and I'm just kind of going, what? So totally. I wanted to talk about some rankings that are making me say what tonight. So we're going to talk about a guy tonight that I don't think has made many appearances on this show uh, listeners of last year's show may remember that this breakout was called by one of our good friends. I want to talk a little Michael Pittman tonight because he's got a shiny new quarterback, Matty Ice, and he is sitting right now on Keep Trade Cut Superflex rankings as a mid-third rounder. They have him at wide receiver 10. Some notable names behind him, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Drake London, my man, DJ Moore, and sitting all the way down at wide receiver 15 is Tyreek Hill. So, Mike, I'm going to let you open this one up. I like Michael Pittman. I think we missed a lot of him coming out of USC. Mm -hmm. Has the wide receiver 10 hype gotten a little out of control here? You know, when I first took a look uh, at, at this ranking on Keep Trade Cut, I definitely was was a little bit perplexed that he was already making his way up that high. Um, you're talking about a guy 24 years old, um, I believe, you know, put in a 1,000-yard-plus season last year. 
Um, only ended up with with six touchdowns, so that's something that could possibly improve this coming year. And I think he finished as the wide receiver 17 in PPR League. So definitely he played the entire year, showed that he was able to uh, be that target hog for that offense. Um, I When I'm looking at it in comparison to other guys, I think... Even though I don't, I don't own him in any leagues. I haven't closely tracked his value and, and kept tabs on where he's going. But I kind of like him sitting at this this area. Um, I think that I might have DK Metcalf uh, barely ahead of Pittman here. I think you know you always say draft the player, not the situation. Um, so you know if you're comparing player to player, I think you're good, you're going to go with DK Metcalf there. But I like what I what I have seen for the past two years with Michael Pittman. You saw him in his rookie year. He really um, blew up with a really solid playoff game that kind of put everyone on notice for just how talented of a receiver he really is. Um, I think that, you know, I would consider Matt Ryan going into this year definitely an upgrade over Carson Wentz overall. I think that the offense in general is going to run more smoothly. I think, you know, Carson Wentz can support a wide receiver uh, one, but you're going to see more opportunities to score this year. I think if Michael Pittman had ended up with maybe even just two more touchdowns on the year, and that floats him up into almost wide receiver one rankings, you're talking about him in a different light. So I definitely, I think that it's not, I don't think it's too crazy to have him in this spot right now. Yeah, to zoom back at him as a prospect, you know, somebody that was probably maybe a little off Dan's radar because of that age 20 breakout. But I don't think any of us really gave him, and I'm talking about the Dynasty community as a whole, not just our show, gave him, you know, the benefit of the doubt coming out of USC. Now that we're looking at it with some of the production that Amon Ra had last year and, you know, Drake London garnering the hype that he has, I mean, it's, it's kind of impressive what Michael Pittman was able to do with those teammates while they were all there at USC together. I, I think he was pretty boomer bust in 2021, right? So from weeks 10 on, he had five finishes outside the top 30. Um, not saying that that's knocking the talent, just one of those kind of boomer bust things that you would hope would be remedied by replacing Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll flip it to you because two names that definitely stick out to me. I'm taking probably DK Metcalf and DJ Moore over Michael Pittman. Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, so with that, I would say I definitely agree with DK Metcalf. Uh, I think we've already seen what he's been able to do and uh, be able to hit like that true ceiling of a wide receiver one. Whereas DJ Moore, he's having that same issue where we know what he can be. And we're really hoping again that he's going to solve the touchdown problem, be able to uh, come into his own, be able to be the wide receiver one with the volume and the efficiency both in one. But we've seen Michael Pittman already do in this past year what DJ Moore's ceiling has been prior. So with that, they're both, uh, actually he's 24, uh, DJ Moore is 25, doesn't have the age thing going for him anymore. Max, you know I love DJ Moore, but at this point in time, with him being wide receiver uh, 17 in this year with the target volume that he had, which honestly was a lot less than DJ Moore has had in the past, I'm going to have to put Michael Pittman slightly ahead of him because I also like uh, Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to continue to to do well in the NFL hopefully if he gets his second chance but Matt Ryan I mean I was taking a look and actually uh, Dave Kluge uh, at, at Dave Kluge on Twitter uh, did a, a quick tweet the other day and he said that Matt Ryan's wide receiver one averages 161 targets Michael Pittman did what he did last uh, year on 129 
I trust uh, Matt Ryan more as a quarterback overall. I love the volume that he's going to see there. I think the offense as a whole is going to be better with touchdowns that come along with it. I'm going to have to put Michael Pittman slightly above DJ Moore. I will take him uh, also over things people like Tyreek Hill and uh, Devontae Adams, where honestly, I think we've talked about that AJ Pax. This is a great opportunity to switch down uh, into just a younger receiver that you're going to be able to have on your roster for some years to come. So I'm in on the Pittman hype. I think, as Mike was saying, I was surprised to see him here. But then when you start to take a look at who else is around him, I'm in. And I think he's he's pretty properly placed could I slide him back to wide receiver 12? Yeah, yeah, I probably can because there's a DK Metcalf that could uh, scoop above him. And again, that DJ Moore um, kind of crux is probably where I start to have problems placing him exactly. But I probably do place him right ahead for the time being. Yeah, I might poke some holes in that stat for Mr. Kluge. I think I would ha- average 160 targets if I was playing with Julio Jones <laughs> most of my career as well. Absolutely. Uh, future <laughs> Hall of Famers tend to have that effect on players. Yeah, I'm just looking at DJ Moore. I mean, three straight, basically 1,200-yard seasons. They're basically the same age. Michael Pittman had a couple more touchdowns last year. I'll just th- – th- a year is negligible to me. That's not really something I'm looking to buy back at this pl- per this point in a player's career and if you know baker mayfield is the quarterback that dan mccall tells us he is then i think we could see an ascension year for dj moore as well oh for sure and again we're splitting hairs with like who's over who because they're both absolutely i'm I'm not (laughs) not saying that i'm out on dj moore because he misses this this uh uh cliff that we're talking about with the wide receiver one because they're both in it right i think we're saying they're both top 12 uh wide receivers here just maybe who's 11 who's 12 maybe even who's 13 if we're pulling someone else into the mix um i just think he's someone to to be excited about because absolutely there's uh there's certain holes in the argument of like how uh matt ryan's going to target his receivers but i think we've also seen that michael pittman's talented i'm really excited what he could do with that extra volume well let's keep it going in this list of guys and i know this came up last show but Drake London still sitting at wide receiver 13. Dan's already shaking his head at this one. <laughs> I will I will frame this up, Dan, and then and then throw it right back to you since you clearly have some thoughts on this. I just don't think I'm seeing him going higher and hard higher in startups. And I don't think anybody should be expecting a year one explosion. I've seen teams drafting for win now that are expecting a year one explosion. Yeah. He's most likely unless something crazy happens, going to be playing the majority of the year with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter and then a rookie the following year, okay? And I don't care if it's CJ Stroud. I don't care if it's Bryce Young. We all saw that on a garbage team, Trevor Lawrence, a prodigy quarterback, struggled last year. So this is kind of my same case for Kyle Pitts, right? Where I'm just saying, like, let's temper our expectations a little bit, even if he is a fantastic talent. I just don't think the offense is going to be producing a lot of yards and touchdowns. So, Dan, I will throw it to you. Right now, below Drake London, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Elijah Moore, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin. If we pretended Chris Godwin wasn't injured, I feel like you'd be taking all of those guys over Drake London in startups right now. Absolutely. Yep. And for some of those guys, too, only like a, a couple years difference that you have uh, in terms of total age, but the production that some of those guys have had, Deontay Johnson that you just tossed out, even some of the older guys, like I at least want to be able to have confidence that my young studies we we're talking about with Pittman, at least he's shown it one year, I can start to slide him above some of those uber talents that are Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. But 
it, in certain situations, especially if you are contending and, and looking to get production out of London, there is very good chance you're not going to get that. So if you're a contender, look at who you could potentially trade them uh, for right now and take advantage of that. I would eat that age difference all day uh, just because you seriously might have to wait two years to see his true ceiling. Uh, I like Drake London, the prospect. It's funny. Some of these things happen where I think it was a lot of people's wide receiver one. And the, the wide receiver one of the class is just going to naturally float up because they're considered the best of this class, even though they're being taken over plenty of other people that they should not be taken over. Uh, Elijah Moore, another guy that even saw enough pop last year to make me excited and have a little bit more faith in his production going forward. So it's, I don't know, it just blows my mind. Um, I think he is talented. Uh, I think what also needs to kind of be taken into consideration with any of these ranks is we know how great the 2023 class is supposed to be. So almost take a look at that and start to pencil in some of these names that you think are going to be going ahead because you're buying them right now at this, this ceiling of wide receiver 13. I think a lot of the guys ahead of him aren't going to be dropping out of that as much. You're only going to see more people who are stacking on ahead of them. So if you're able to get this type of value right now and be willing to know that in a year's time, that very well not would not be the case unless he absolutely smashes this year, I'm selling that all day if I can get that type of price. So Britt Sanders talked about this on the last show, right? And it talk, you know, he talked about how Traylon Burks, we're going to know very, very quickly whether he's good or not. And... I think the same thing holds true for Drake London because the only thing distracting the targets away from Drake London is Kyle Pitts. So if Drake London's healthy and he's on the field, he should see a ton of targets with a trailing offense. And I think we also might know very, very quickly whether Drake London is good or not. So yeah. those are two kind of wide receivers that are a little scary right now. Um, I'm going to flip it over to the quarterback side of things. And Mike, I want to toss this one out to you. Mike and I have been holding strong on this front for a long time that Mac Jones has been being undervalued in startups. I'm currently on keep trade cut and he's sitting at quarterback 17. Another quarterback that we've been watching get just crushed in the preseason <laughs> due to a poor offensive line is Justin Fields. Mike, I think I put Dan on the spot with this one a couple weeks ago in Superflex right now. Who you got Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Quite honestly, I think I'm leaning Mac Jones. Um, it's here's the thing. It kind of depends on your team build. If you ask me, like if I'm if I have a stud QB one that I know I can rely on, I want Mac Jones sitting there as my QB two to give me, you know, um, decent floor type of numbers. Obviously, he's never going to be a big rushing guy, but I just feel safer owning Mac Jones right now, even though, you know, obviously Justin Fields going definitely higher than him in all sorts of um, startup drafts and rookie drafts last year. But you, you just look at the situation that the Bears have put Fields in and, you know, it could be it could very well be a calculated move to stink this year again, as they have for the last few years. And then to maybe go out and be able to make some signings, make some trades, get some good draft picks uh, for next year. But I don't know, man. It, it's There's been a leadership change already since Fields has been there. So you very well could see who knows if the Bears are going to pull a Bears and, and get, you know, not to be worst case scenario with Fields, but it is definitely, I see more things possibly going wrong with Fields as far as future security. You know, he wasn't a top five draft pick he was 
you know, he fell in the draft. There was certainly some things that, you know, some scouts must have seen that caused him to fall a little bit further in the draft. I think that, um, you know, he's not a locked in job security kind of kind of guy. Whereas with the Patriots, I think they found a guy that fits their system well and they're going to commit to him, especially coming off of Tom Brady and having to justify the moves that they made in order to go get Mac Jones. He kind of, he has that security in my mind that he's going to be given at least his full four years here. Uh, And I just, you know, Fields rushing upside is fantastic, but with that offensive line looking the way it is and the receivers, like you've said in the past, he has Darnell Mooney right now in the ghost of Allen Robinson. So he doesn't have a lot of, of options. And if he's getting sacked behind the line, I don't know. Who knows if he gets hurt or what, but give me Mac. He seems a little bit safer right now. It's such a fun litmus test for how you build your dynasty teams because the the way I look at it is you're looking at the safe pocket passer, right, who, you know, broke the SEC completion record uh, in his final year at Alabama, or do you want the guy that theoretically has a top five QB season in his range of outcomes? Because we've all seen these rushing quarterbacks break the game and Justin Fields did a lot of that at Ohio State. Totally. Um, I think it's been no secret that I'm keeping the flame lit for Justin Fields. Am I worried a little bit about the surrounding talent and his supporting cast? Absolutely. I mean, here's a key differentiator right there. Bears offensive line, according to PFF. Ooh. I'm going to let you guys, where, where did they fall, Dan? Uh, 32nd. <laughs> Very close. 31. I don't oh, remember who was 30. Oh, Seattle was 32nd. Okay, yes. actually, that so, makes sense. Good, yeah, good yeah, luck okay. to Gito and Drew Locke out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New England Patriots, at least. And again, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but like number seven offensive line in PFF rankings. So Mac Jones, at least, has protection. He has some pieces. Uh, Justin Fields is going to need to make a lot happen, putting the team on his shoulders yeah. this year if he's going to succeed. No, don't, don't disagree there. By the way, I fumbled the last transition in which we're going to cut out of the show so you guys won't hear it because I was way too busy looking up Roddy White stats. For anybody who is too young to remember how dominant Roddy White was, so I'm just poking more holes in this Matt Ryan throws to Hall of Fame wide receivers narrative. Uh, Roddy White from 2007 to 2012, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards, 1,100 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,300 yards, 1,300 yards. So, Beast. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think that is uh, flawed logic for a couple reasons there, but let's, let's keep it moving with some of the truly fun stuff because as Dan McAuliffe knows all too well, the ultimate sell window in dynasty leagues is the preseason. So I'm going to flip it to Dan because we saw him pull off a heist earlier today in one of our leagues, Damian Pierce hype train already out of control, Dan, you're flipping him in leagues. I just want your thoughts. I, I saw you get some steals for him, but I just want your thoughts on the player yeah. situation and why you're selling. Here's I, I it's funny. I think we were we were talking about uh Damian Pierce being one of those guys that could be um like a Kamara and not and not in the talent, but like at a guy who doesn't get credit for what he did and is able to do because his prospect profile and his production didn't match um up and put him in a good light with a lot of this stuff right so you see the sheer counting stats exactly the sheer counting stats were not there and so there's prospects like that 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 do get missed out on because that isn't uh, part of their overall prospect profile 
Um, so we were talking about guys with diamonds in the rough, right? Guys that maybe don't beat that kind of standard. Um, and Damian Priest is a guy that came up like that. Um, he's a dog, man. He's 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 a really interesting and fun uh, running back to to be able to watch. But as we expected, um, he didn't get crazy draft capital. Uh, lands on the Houston Texans, which is certainly not set to break any records as an offense as a whole. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Davis Mills is able to do there and some of the wide receivers, but not expecting them to blow up, right? So we've seen some really great stuff in the preseason. He, he I think he was the highest graded um, running back for at least the first week of the preseason, if not the second. I'm trying to recall there, but he, he's, he's done very well. He's, he's performed very well. Now it's just the question of, do you want to take this very small sample size against second, third, fourth stringers uh, when it comes to the opposing defense there on a offense that is likely going to be lackluster and project out that just because he's a warm body that is likely maybe going to earn the... Um, leading uh running back one job on the offense uh is that something that you want to buy into long term from a dynasty perspective they've still got rex burkhead they've got uh marlon mack what does this mean for marlon mack i don't know <laughs> but it probably isn't great because damien pierce has been very um exciting to watch at this point in time the hype has exceeded my personal expectations of what damien pierce is going to be able to do um, and I honestly, whenever I have the chance, if I don't have a highly drafted running back um, that is sitting as my running back two or running back three on my own dynasty roster, I am very scared of what that means for 2023. Because again, I brought it up last time, that class is going to be very nice for running backs. And you're going to see a lot of no-namers that had a James Robinson-esque type of season that honestly could be in the realm of possibility for Damian Pierce and then they drafted Travis Etienne that happens all the time these Austin Eckler-esque type of situations uh, don't always happen and even if they do uh, you waited for something years for it to be able to come come true for some of these either lower drafted or UDFA type guys so overall I am selling. Um, I think he is at a great value to be able to sell to someone else who's buying the hype. I can't blame you for buying some of the hype. I'm just going to take the uh, insulated value of future picks and hope that I am proven right in making a decision to move on from him. Because uh, I have seen in multiple situations him go for a 2023 first uh a later first plus a second like there's some people who are very interested in buying a starting running back and i personally am going to just take that valiant run i mean it was a heist that we saw in one of our leagues i will not <laughs> name your trade partner in that but he knows who he is uh mike one of my favorite things that i do now while you guys are talking is find these guys on keep trade cut i was surprised so damian pierce up 46 slots on their overall Ooh. rankings. I don't know what that time period is, but I can guarantee you it's recent. Yeah. Sitting next to our other favorite hot potato, Mike, Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> um, here are some names going. Here are some names going behind. Uh, whenever Mike laughs off screen, it always gets me. Uh, here are some names going behind Damian Pierce right now: Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Ramondre Stevenson, Mike. James Conner. I know you love James Conner. <laughs> we love uh, Tony Pollard going behind him. Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt. I mean, this does feel like 
after two preseason games on what should be one of the worst, if not the worst offenses in the NFL, a little bit off the rails. We are in a bubble, folks. <laughs> Guys, what are we doing? I didn't know he was sitting that high. I, 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 you could have got more people. for him, Dan. I like you the sold people. low on him. Literally, Literally like, in I the did. last couple days. Uh, my goodness. Oh, my God. That's wild. That's wild. And, and don't get me wrong. like He could turn into one of these players that gives you great production. But you, you, brought, you nailed it, Dan, right? These NFL teams, you hope they make the right moves. The Texans need to rebuild in so many places, same way the Jaguars did. And all of a sudden, it's like they're buying a Lamborghini before they have a garage at their house, right? Like they'll just go and burn another first round or second round pick on a running back, even if they do hit on a Damian Pierce. So that fear is always lurking out there. Another running back that may even have more hype, if it's possible, than the Damian Pierce hype train is the man, the myth, the legend, Isaiah Pacheco. So (laughs) this one, oh my goodness, I got to do a better job of finding these guys before I start talking about them. Up 90 spots on Keep Trade Cut in the last, I would assume, two weeks, three weeks. Rocket ship, baby. Isaiah Pacheco sitting at RB47, which still doesn't feel egregious, but Mike, is there something here with Isaiah Pacheco or are we looking at another Amir Abdullah Darwin Thompson <laughs> preseason running back du jour situation here. Hey man, I think this is just one of those situations where if you picked him up on waiver wires, you know, in your in your dynasty leagues this offseason and you want to just go along for the ride and see what the heck happens, I love it. I think that this is definitely a murky running back room with you got CEH, you got Rojo, you got uh, Pacheco, you got Jarek McKinnon still kicking around in there with a, on a one-year deal, I believe. So, you know, if if someone comes calling uh, for him and offers anything more than a future second-round pick, um, or or a second or or above that, I'm selling for sure. Even a third, I would consider. You know, it's again, it's it all comes to uh, the way that you like to play. If you want to try and ride that hype as far up as you can, go for it. But you know, this is a guy that. Had, I believe, four years at Rutgers, uh, averaged, you know, not much more than double-digit carries and one reception a game. He never really went off with a big um, nose for the end zone or anything like that throughout college. I think it's interesting to see, but uh, definitely, definitely a case of this could be a guy that just barely sees any run in the the regular season. But it is nice to see that Andy Reid seems to have some nice things to say about him. So I guess we'll we'll just, I'll be on the sidelines for this one. Dan, we are going to go round robin because I there are few topics higher, hotter than Isaiah Pacheco right now. What do you think about uh, the man, the myth, the legend? Oh man, I mean, hey, if you if you drafted him just because of uh, him being a KC running back that you wanted to see what happens, good on you for having that foresight to see what happens here. Um, please don't buy him. Please, please, please <laughs> don't buy him. I feel like this is just an absolutely terrible time to buy. If you want to hold him. I, again, we talked about the situation. Could it be fantastic and you found a rocket ship? Ride it because you, your investment was nothing, right? At least with Damian Pierce, we were talking about uh, you maybe spend an early second round or something like that and then want to get a little value on top of that, right? Because he at least had a couple things going for him. Isaiah Pacheco, he was back of the third, fourth for a lot of people uh, or waivers, 
right? Like this is a guy that just kind of popped up onto the scene. People had some foresight to pick it up. If you want to hold on to him, don't blame you. Uh, I would highly recommend selling. Uh, CEH has taken nearly every bit of the first team snaps in good authority with uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are very excited that they have some depth behind CEH, but I also really feel like they're feeling silly on taking CEH and are going to try and get the absolute most out of him. Reports are generally sounding good for him. Uh, we know that Andy Reid does like to try and run with the the one running back whenever possible. CEH can catch passes, and there's a big pass catcher that just left the team in Tyreek Hill that they're going to need some someone to bring into the action a little bit more there. So I know people are disappointed about CEH. I'm still not very terribly high on him, but please, just because you've been disappointed in CEH, don't now buy in that this guy's the next new thing, because I think you're going to be very sorely disappointed. So I need to take this a step further, because I just spent a 14th round startup. I had a couple 14th rounders <laughs> startup pick on Isaiah Pacheco. So Dan, when you say sell him, no, I mean, outside of some outlier screenshots from Mike's Twitter bots that are yep. voting in his polls... <laughs> You're not going to find anybody shipping a first to get Isaiah Pacheco, right? Maybe one in a million. Yeah. Maybe you get somebody that gives you a second. I mean, are you selling him for a third rounder? Are we at that level? Third rounders where I'm not, if it's a 2023, consider it anything beyond there. No, I'm not taking 2024 or 2025. I need something in a class that I have faith in the depth that's going to be available there. But I feel like, I'm going to have to stick to my guns and need multiple thirds or a second to be able to make that move, in my opinion. I think that's kind of where I see it because the upside is there. It absolutely is. And it's not like you have to jump off this ship because you invested highly in him. You have a free ticket. If you want to sell that for uh, something with insulated value, be my guest. But if you want to be able to see where this goes, I can't blame you for not wanting to sell for anything less than a second, in my opinion. So that's kind of where I sit with that. Even a second to me right now, I have him in a couple places and it feels like an interesting inflection point. Okay. So yep. let me, let me go back to the mask, the max cask on school of scouting born out of way too many Madden franchises in the mid 2000s. <laughs> so this is a player runs a four, three, seven at 216 pounds. Now it has been proven that speed kills in the NFL at the running back position sure. it directly correlates with production. 96th percentile spark score so that we know he's not just fast, but he's strong. Mike, your point about Rutgers is absolutely correct. He played on some really horrific Rutgers teams, but if we're making the case for Damian Pierce without the raw production, you have to make the same case for Isaiah Pacheco. And if CEH being drafted by the Chiefs was what pushed him to be RB1 over Jonathan Taylor, then why wouldn't we be taking shots on Isaiah Pacheco? So I'm sitting here saying, if somebody offered me a second rounder for him tomorrow, I'm most likely going to take it because I tend to build running back heavy teams. Yep. But the potential upside of missing out on a guy with this type of, of just pure athleticism terrifies me. <laughs> that said, Dan... He was PFF's number 180 ranked running back in college last year. And I'm going to give you one guess as to who was number one. Who was number one in highest graded? Don't overthink it. I'm going to say Brees Hall. Damian Pierce. 
Damien Pierce. No, I knew you were setting me up. I knew you were setting me up. Wonderful. Always setting up. Always That's, setting you up, Dan. That is so, the Take Damien Pierce at the 101 in your rookie draws, folks. Exactly. Take him there, please, folks. I, I'm, just, I'm just here to say that I've already had some offers of multiple thirds for Pacheco and Fab yeah. and whatever else people want to toss in. Mm-hmm. If it's a second rounder, we can start the conversation. But when you're getting into the double-digit rounds, I usually have multiple picks in these double-digit rounds. It's just kind of how I do startups these days. I mean, outside of, like, Rashad Penny with this new Kenneth Walker potential surgery thing, like, there's fewer guys with the asymmetrical upside that Isaiah Pacheco presents. So I'm struggling with him. You're seeing some outrageous trades of what people are netting for him Mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I think it's going to be very fun to monitor as the season goes on. Definitely but could not let us get here. We had to keep the flames even hotter. Pacheco, you know, we turned the grill up. Flames are hot. Mike, it's time to put you on the hot seat. Dan has held this seat for so long on this show. We got to put you on the hot seat. So we're going to get out of here with Mike on the hot seat for what is close to rapid fire, depending on how he reacts to some of these questions. Mike, you ready for the hot seat? I am so ready. Let's do this. I think Dan's more ready to watch Mike on the hot seat. I know. Seat because Watching someone else be in the hot seat and not be in the hot seat themselves? Man, I love it. All right, Mike. Question number one. Drake <laughs> London, over or under 875 this year? 875 yards this year. I'm going to go with under on that one. I think, and to expand a little bit, not to make it not rapid fire, I think... One of my main concerns with Drake London is his durability. So I think that that could play into it as well. But I think in general, he doesn't quite get there. Even if he does play a full full slate, I think it's going to be hard to get there. Wide receiver one in Dynasty right now, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? <sighs> that is... Uh, give me Jefferson right now. He's going into his third year. I love the dude. I think he's a dog. I think, you know, he's obviously both both the number one options on their team, but I don't know, man. I think I think that that Minnesota Vikings offense is going to be real fun this year, and I would just – I'd rather own Justin Jefferson right now. I Dan like, is nodding in I approval. Like Dan, do you have anything to add while Mike's burning up over here? No, I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I, I love the Bengals, right? I almost consider them my second team, but um, you just have so much more uh, targets uh, that are going to go to a lot of talent over in the Bengals. I think you got the one man in town, Justin Jefferson, and some of the Rams coaching staff coming over to make the Minnesota Vikings yeah. extra spicy with how much they're going to throw. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have one of his best years yet. So just exciting. I'm, I, I think it's going to be a fun year. I would just like to point out that the logic applied here where Justin Jefferson has done two historic seasons to Jamar Chase's one is my same rationale for DJ Moore. Just saying, you know, yeah, multiple awesome seasons over Pittman. Yeah, whatever. Give me, give me DJ Moore. All right, back <laughs> oh, to Mike oh, on the hot seat. Right. Just I'm let you have this is Go. my hot exactly. seat. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Put Mike on the hot seat. QB to own in Dynasty right now, Mike. If you're starting a team, you want to take your favorite QB in the first round. Is it Kyler Murray or is it Lamar Jackson? Oh. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> I, just getting it's not. My, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray there. I think that's definitely, I, I find ways to diversify. Max is asking this question because I went with Lamar over Kyler Murray in a startup. I thought, you know, I have Kyler in like three dynasty leagues. So time to spice it up. But give me my boy Kyler. 
I think uh, you know there might be a spicy another spicy prediction for uh, for our ne- one of our next upcoming episodes. Hopefully, so <laughs> I think he might be. That part is of that. what we call a tease. <laughs> the gotcha journalism in this show knows absolutely no bounds. So, Mike, better year in fantasy this year, Cortland Sutton or your guy Mike Williams? Ooh, that that's oh. those are two guys I. I'm going to go with Mike Will there. I think that you saw some flashes last year of what he is capable of. I think he got his his payday, proves that he's going to continue to be, if not just as big of a part of the offense, obviously, as last year. I think he's going to be an even bigger part of the offense this year. I think that, you know, the, the key with him is staying healthy. So all else being equal, I mean, same with Sutton, I guess. He had that ACL tear um, a while back, so... I'm going Mike Williams by a hair there. I think he's going to finish um, as as a wide receiver one again this year. And I think that Cortland Sutton will be teetering on that wide receiver one, wide receiver two threshold. Oh, baby. Picking the second banana in the offense <laughs> over the alpha Cortland That's Sutton. Right. Like it's it. all about Justin Herbert, baby. All right. This is the last one we have, and it is a massive, massive curveball because it's not for Mike. It's for Dan. Dan, Kyle Pitts, is he going to finish as a top two tight end or better this season? Yes, I do. I do think he's going to be a top two, top two tight end, and I'm, I'm sticking to it. I, I believe in the man. Seeing what he's been able to do, burning those those fifth uh, fifth string quarterbacks, as you were saying in this past uh, preseason. I don't care. Look up who number thirty seven was on the Jets. Stop sending me videos, everybody. Okay. Max got his soundbite. That's what he wanted. He clipped, exactly. He's going to clip that for he, later on. Clip that so that we can replay it at the end of the season, and it'll sound it. glorious. The benefit of building the show sheet is you get to control what we end with on That's the show true. sheet. This is true. Got to always be ready. Um, got to be on your toes, baby. But that was good. Mike actually handled the hot seat pretty well. And I think these were overall some pretty tough questions. Um, As Dan and Mike both alluded to, I mean, we have the show coming up two weeks from now. We are going to be dropping the bold prediction show. Personally, it was the most fun I had last year all season Mm -hmm. was just reacting to yours. I'm sure Mike has another spicy Logan Thomas take (laughs) queued up for us. We know we can't make a show without that. So I am very excited, and uh, I know you gentlemen are going to bring in some bold but not impossible takes in a couple weeks. I love it. This is one of my favorite times of the year, so I'm excited for it. Everyone get pumped. All right. Well, getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. Milk was a bad choice.